0: So I'm going to call the meeting to order today for Wednesday, March 1st, uh, Finance Committee meeting, and um, we're pleased this this evening to have um, a number of guests with us um, uh, to go over many of the different budget requests, but we're going to start off with um, line 544, the Paul Revere Heritage Trust, and we have Victor Delvecchio and Alan Hines. So, Steve,
1: uh, uh, Steve Schottenfeld as well.
0: And Steve Schottenfeld. Great. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I should know that with that background behind you. <laughs>
2: <right>? <laughs> and Dave's here and um, gentlemen, here's, uh, here's the budget. And uh, I also have, have your letter uh, as well.
1: So take it away.
3: I think Victor is going to present uh, the the budget requests um, since, he, since he had a dry run on it last night. So, Victor? Uh, is he on? Are you muted? Yeah, he's here. I know he's here.
4: Sorry, I was talking to myself there. My apologies. <laughs> Which is actually very common I find nowadays. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I was saying that I was going to uh, pitch it today and, and uh, introduce the topic because Alan is particularly uh, distractive because of other good reasons. So uh, starting off, I just want to say with respect to the salaries, we have two um, positions that uh, are part-time with respect to the trust. The first one is an increase um, over last year for the, um, and this and this terminology, I apologize, we need to change it. I know it's in the system, but that's not accurate. It's not a board secretary. This position is an administrative assistant. And for the reasons I'll explain, um, the job responsibilities have grown. uh, And it's really, we're considering uh, calling the position executive assistant. Um, But this is a a 10 hour position and we're um, seeking to make it a 15 hour position. And that results in an increase in the number of of, uh, uh, hourly uh, compensation or I should say um, overall compensation. But just by way of background, um, the position started off you know, two or three years ago when we were on the Florida Heritage Commission. And at the time it was largely uh, limited to the, the tip, typical administrative things you would expect from someone who was more in the nature of the board, a secretary, uh, and that was a different uh, uh, person who was actually in the position at the time. but. <clears throat> Now that we're actually sort of uh, getting closer to operating a business, so to speak, and we are in the process of uh, doing a variety of things with respect to the second floor of the mill and the barn itself, we need a point person. And that point person has now become the administrative assistant. So what she was originally, um, the position was originally required to do was to research ad hoc um, museum and related topics, respond to any website inquiries, coordinate with board members and volunteers regarding social media distributions, uh, obtain electronic copies of of documents and archive them, prepare PowerPoints and graphics, provide graphic assistance, schedule the use of the second floor, which we call Copper Mill Hall, second floor of the mill, and now the historic uh, barn, schedule the event use of open space um, and um, she implemented the position, implemented various rules and regulations for use of these buildings. She also, of course, um, did the more administrative stuff as preparing and posting agenda, booking, uh, scheduling meeting rooms for our purposes, the trust purposes uh, and attending meetings and taking minutes, etc. However, now the position has morphed into things like researching and drafting rental fees for the barn and the second floor of the mill when the trust is using the, the premises, preparing CPA applications, acting as the trust interface, both with respect to um, Northern Spy uh, and with respect to the town. And additionally, uh, more and more with respect to the public. Um, the position also acts as a facilities manager. We don't have a, a, a building um, maintenance group. We don't have a, uh, um, a, uh, a building department per se. So, this position purchases, sets up when needed, stores as needed on both the second floor of Copper Mill Hall and the barn, our various furniture and equipment. Um, she's also drafted heating and AC instructions. While we have the assistance of the building department, we need someone on the trust side who can explain all this to the members, the volunteers who are using these two facilities. And this position now does it. She's also meeting on site uh, with respect to renters because we, in in the hopes of uh, uh, engendering revenue to mitigate the expenses of our operations, our charter and the enabling legislation contemplates that we would uh, uh, create more revenue, such as by way of rental uh, of the barn and occasionally second floor of the mill. So she's now meeting with renters and particularly those who um, have, specific needs such as a wedding that requires someone on our side to actually as I, I think many of you will recall from family or otherwise that that's a pretty complicated set of circumstances when you're dealing with a groom and a bride to try to set up their needs she also provides backup for the program uh, coordinator whenever that person is not around and increasingly she's doing things like monitoring and billing the restaurant when it uses copper mill hall because in those cases, the restaurants require to submit to the select board office a specific fee in addition to the rent, monthly rental. And now we've discovered that we need someone on our side, so to speak, on the town side. And the trust is acting as an agent on behalf of the, uh, of the town. So for all those reasons, we've increased it. Her, her hourly rate, so to speak, would probably go up about, I don't know, 70 cents, uh, but it's more an increase in the number of hours because she's working far more than the, the 10 hours. With respect to the program coordinator, um, last year, um, I believe we had a $5,000 budget, but honestly, we spent we paid her more than that uh, because we realized that the time she spends on a number of these um, projects, and the biggest one being the Heritage Festival, is enormous. And um, she needed to be compensated greater, so we gave her a $1,700 stipend out of the, uh, where we derived it from a donation, basically. Um, but she's been instrumental in scheduling and actually implementing. She's in charge of the of the program side of getting things um, out and running. So the holiday um, the event we had there, the uh, trivia night, um, the, um, let's see what else, uh, I said the heritage night. Uh, um, she's, she's begun a number of these events and um, she's there at, at all times. She also opens and closes the buildings whenever um, someone else needs to use it on the town side or otherwise. So we basically incorporated the $1,700 in her compensation and we paid her a few hundred dollars more because now we're starting a trial. We'd like to keep the barn open in the mornings on Saturdays during the peak period for the restaurant um, luncheon or brunch period to see if we can get people to actually see the inside of the barn while we're in the process still of introducing people to the whole notion of the Revere site. And while we undertake our our, uh, latest um, um, detailed uh, design for the use of the barn. So in bringing it to the number of $7,000, I believe, she's essentially gonna get minimum wage now in Massachusetts which is now set at $15. So those are the two salary points. With respect to the expenses, the um, really the two bigger numbers here that um, I think we would should mention is custodial services and supplies. And the reason why the custodial uh, services has gone up is um, as material. The numbers themselves aren't big, as you know. The total, including all salaries, is seventy six thousand. But on a percentage basis, the reason why the um, increase in custodial services is because as a result of the outdoor restrooms that the select board and the trust sought to uh, obtain CPA dollars to install. Um, We now have a need once it's installed and we're looking at probably a a May or June timeframe to thereafter uh, clean it. And uh, based on input from the residents and others, uh, we were asked to um, bake this in our, um, by the select board to bake this in our uh, budget rather than the select board budget. And we are proposing to have it cleaned three times a week. Uh, At the rate we currently have, that amounts to about for nine months, by the way, because the restrooms won't be open in the dead of winter. So that amounts to about $16,000. We need to clean the barn, and that's our responsibility under our agreement with the select board. We clean it once a month. We decided that's not enough. We need to clean it twice a month at least. And as we have more and more activity, that number of cleanings will probably go up. But for the next year, twice a month makes sense. So that's $22,000 right there. Um, Professional services, that's basically assisting Randy in doing some of the filings. We're, now that we're getting more and more individual donations <clears throat> and the amounts are going up, we need to file a long form tax return and other things. And I, will, I would defer to the two of them, Alan and, and Randy, but we need some help there. He can't be expected to do this all, do the stuff he does for, for the town, for the finance committee, for the CPC, and do it for us. So we're, we're proposing to get some accounting assistance the $5,000 for professional services is basically um, to allow us to occasionally hire some legal services. Right now, uh, Matt McDonald and Vic Delvecchi are providing those services, but we're we're not the be-all, and we don't have the time, given everything else we're doing, to provide legal services as well, so we need occasionally to rely on outside counsel, and we can't rely always on town counsel to be you know, fair. Um, supplies also relate in part to the bathrooms, but it's also because we are by virtue of the special legislation, separate, uh, while associated with the, with the town and, and joined at the hip, honestly, we have our own mailings, we have our own software licenses, we have Adobe, we have our own payroll service, we have our own MS office, printer supplies, stamps, um, things of that sort. So this is intended to cover communications, we know we, we're trying to do as well as we can, but communications in a variety of ways costs money and we need to address these bathroom supplies too, which will be a regular occurrence now. <clears throat> Routine maintenance, I don't know that we had that last year, but that's new because of our agreement with the select board, so, you know, the small things that pop up in the course of the year, we don't and shouldn't and, and can't because our agreement provides that we will take care of them. So we will call a plumber if the, if the toilets are running in the, in the uh, one of the four toilets are running in the barn. Um, moving expense, we're in the process of moving some things over from the, from the second floor to the third floor of the uh, mill. So we populated some exhibits. They're big, they're heavy, they need to be adjusted to make the, uh, the, the transport. It's not a simple thing and we need professionals to help us do that. Insurance is basically set on what um, Randy has told us the dollar amount is, and we're obligated to maintain a certain level of insurance. So we don't have a lot of discretion here. In fact, I don't think we have any discretion. And we added a little bit to start to ensure certain things that artifact-wise, such as the, the new bell we have donated, the, the original bell, um, the, the Hooper bell, uh, the Hunnaman tub, things of that sort. So we're going to have to especially list certain items. And lastly, the community event, the Heritage Festival was a huge success. Uh, We've an estimates of 1,200 to 1,500 people last year. We're hoping that number is the same or greater. And uh, it's not without cost given the variety of things that we provide over a five hour period, uh, the bulk of the expense we're bearing, that is by virtue of the money we're raising, but it could be between a 17, $18,000 cost. We're asking for the town to chip in 5,000 of that. And that's it. So let's pause and see
5: if folks have questions, comments.
4: I'm really glad I wasn't on mute either. Thank God.
0: <laughs> so um, I wonder if, um, for the committee, you could just kind of give us a brief version of um, the separate but joined at the hip. I think one of the things, and, and um, also to better understand on the revenue side. So you know, you talked about weddings, for example. Well, you know, there are fees coming in for those events. So. Where, you know, and, and so are all the revenues held by the trust? Um, where, are, where are the dividing lines between the responsibilities of the trust versus the responsibilities of the town? So maybe oh, um, course, I, I know that could probably be a two-hour conversation, but the no, readers, did, I guess version, perhaps. <laughs>
4: sure, thank you, know, to, to briefly uh, explain, there is, uh, well, back in uh, 2018, perhaps, town meeting authorized the select board to ask the legislature to create this. A quasi public private nonprofit with its own tax ID number. The select board petitioned the legislature in a home rule petition. The legislature uh, adopted it and it sets forth a, a very specific formula for this organization, the trust, to essentially act as agent for the town. It gives us some more flexibility that the town may not have because the legislature has deemed it in the public interest. So everything we do is in the public interest. None of our directors are permitted to earn any dollars. We get compensated zero. And it gives us certain rights and obligations. We have have the right um, to uh, purchase uh, capital and incur operating expenses. We have the right to petition vendors and uh, and companies for contributions, something the town can't directly do. Um, We have uh, the uh, obligation to uh, um, comply with certain procurement obligations and the like. We are permitted to generate revenues <clears throat> from certain activities, such as from the use of uh, a portion of the land that the select board allows us to use, uh, as well as from um, the mill, the second floor of the mill, we're, we're permitted. Since the last meeting we had with you guys, we've executed a license agreement with the select board. So now we have a specific uh, three page agreement as to where our our rights and obligations start and end and that's why I said for example that routine maintenance that last year um, may not have been listed because now that's a specific obligation we have as far as where our revenues go basically town meeting set up two revolving accounts Uh, one of them is account 142 that is where revenues that are designated for the Right to the museum, the barn, the second floor of the mill, where revenues from the restaurant rentals go. Recall that we sought to have a restaurant there as a result of our 2017 ConsultaCon feasibility study, which said, hey, museums are great and they're cultural and educationally important, but you'll never have enough money from a museum to cover your expenses. You need to have other mitigating offsets and one is in your context, the restaurant, so we did an RFP and we found the restaurant and thankfully it's worked out very well, but those revenues are parked with a select board, they have specific authority under one 142 I believe it is put it on to um, to release it when we request it for. Um, activities and right now we're putting that money. Um, we're earmarking that money for the construction of the exhibit des- exhibits because that's going to be some millions of dollars. We did a master plan in 2021 and it identified a $5 million bogey of both design and construction. Um, that's been public. We've expressed that now for the last two years. However, through our efforts, both in negotiating with Canned Holdings and, in, and we have an RFQ, which we're in the process of resolving uh, as we speak, We basically, and we're raising funds by way of grants. I mean, so far we've raised probably $900,000 in grants, probably more than any organization in such a short term. And again, it's not, it's entirely with the assistance of the the select board in the town. I mean, Randy's been instrumental in helping in these, but we've raised $900,000 and that's money we don't have to seek from taxpayers, uh, local taxpayers. So um, that money will be applied toward the design of the museum. And we've negotiated, we're in the process of negotiating. We believe that the bogey is not going to be anymore five, it may be two or less, you know, slightly less. But the money that we have in, in advance under uh, the Select Board 142 is going to be applied toward construction. Uh, at least that's how we currently see it. And next year, we're probably going to seek <clears throat> directly funding from the town by way of a diff. Um, uh, uh, a bond request with respect to an amount. I'm not sure what that amount is yet, but I'm guessing it's somewhere in the vicinity of two million. Not four, not five, but maybe two. And the diff, as you know, those are revenues associated with the uh, Revere district, and all of the improvements that are currently under t- being undertaken are being funded by the new tax dollars that arose in the district. It was part of the uh, the the, pro- the uh, explanation we gave in 2000 and uh, 15 when we created this whole process and that diff those revenues are pretty substantial now and they're coming in um so we also have under our direct authority the uh uh, board does the trust does uh, i think account 152 which is monies that we raise and that's a revolving account and we are the specific authorities under that account and the legislation permits us to have this authority and it permits the select board to have the authority So that's um, in short, I think, a a discussion. Now, also in the legislation, we're permitted to um, have capital assets in the board's, in in the trust name and and to have, um, uh, to make uh, non-capital purchases and incur uh, operating expenses, all provided by special legislation. And the good news is we've done this almost entirely with volunteers. I mean, you go look at that park and you go inside and. And look, it couldn't have happened without the town. But but again, we're the agent for the town. As Alan likes to say, this is Team Canton. We're just another flavor of of Canton. We're just a slightly different variation. And all nine of us on this board are are volunteers. We're getting compensated, nothing. But we have some expenses. You know, Definitely very good uh, employees, part-time employees, and some minor, I, I call them minor. I mean, you may disagree, but relatively speaking, I think expenses to try to help us get through this.
5: Thank you. Just wanted to make sure everyone had the same context and was sort of understanding.
4: It's a complicated area, Cindy, because it's we're unique in Massachusetts. There really is no other organization. The legislature hasn't done this before, and um, you know we're we're getting through this, and I think we've been really pretty successful. But understand this: we're not going to be, and we will not. We would not have been successful, but for the continuing help of the town, because. As we, as the town goes, so go we. So we're the agent for the town. We're just another um, arrow in the quiver. We're just a slightly different color.
5: Any other committee members have questions or
3: comments? Hearing none, um, if I could just um, end with a a quick couple minute, discussion on the letter that I sent to the Finance Committee. Um, I do not believe at this point that we need to uh, discuss it or debate it today um, because um, as what I was trying to solve with this letter is that we are a unique entity. And I think last year we presented a long-term budget for you and we showed you that Somewhere down the road, we're going to be getting a museum director and our expenses are going to go up and they're going to continue to go up. We're, we're a startup operation. And as that museum starts to get billed and funded, we're going to need uh, employees and our expenses are going to go up. And they'll be offset by revenues that we bring in. So hopefully it's not a, a heavy lift by the by the town. But. Right now, the special act of legislation says we, as a trust, can go to town and ask for funding through these budgets, just as we're doing today. Um, The way that it's set up currently is we are put in what looks to be a municipal department, and we're not a municipal department. And the problem with that is, as our budget continues to grow, um, the way that the revenue sharing process works in the town, or, or at least my understanding as when when I was on it, um, was once you determine the revenue, then you split it between the schools and the municipal side. And right now, by virtue of us looking like we are a municipal de- municipal department, any asks that we have in the budget is taken out of the bucket of money that is earmarked for the municipal side and that's not what the legislation was intended to do Um, and and what i was trying to solve with this um with this request by having it be in the fixed cost is once our once our once our budget was approved or or Uh, or or our ask was approved by the FinCom and select board, and we are about ready to go to town. Um, We didn't think that that should be drawn off of the municipal side of the revenue. So my recommendation in this letter was to put it into the fixed cost bucket, because by doing that, it's taken off the top first, and then the rest of the revenue is shared between the municipal and school side. Um, that does not seem to be the right solution because it's not really a fixed cost, but the, the, the problem still exists as it, as it is today. So I'm asking this committee um, not now during busy season and this year's ask for our budget is not material. And, 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 and right now um, the municipal, Randy has been collaborating with the school to kind of make, um, the budget process works. so we don't want to, we don't want to kind of muddy the waters this year but this is an issue that I think as we continue to grow, a resolution needs to be had um, and, and as I said, I don't think it's appropriate or fair that any of our budget asks come off the municipal side. It's a separate entity it's a unique entity and I think you know after, you've gone through this budget season. I asked this committee to start thinking about it. And I'm using this letter now um, to start uh, making people aware that this is an issue and come to a, a better resolution than there is today. And maybe the better resolution it is today is it stays the way it is, but but it, 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 it's, it's worthy of a discussion and it's worthy to determine you know, how this process is going to work. Um, it was never intended to be a municipal department. And right now, you know, our budget ask is at the detriment of the municipal um, side of the revenue stream. So so again, not. I don't think it's a discussion for this year, but I asked this committee uh, to table it until after maybe this ATM, and then uh, we bring it up um, and, and maybe Randy and I can collaborate a little bit more and maybe come to, to to this committee and the select board and the school committee with a uh, an alternative solution so uh, but but that's what the purpose of this letter was. Um, and like I said I, I, I've since learned that it probably doesn't qualify as a fixed expense and, and with everything else going on this year um, this is probably not the time to um, to um, push this further so so I, I do appreciate that you've looked at it and um, and hopefully, Um, Sometime uh, when things slow down, we can all visit it and maybe collaborate and figure out what a better solution is.
0: So Randy, um, I might suggest that we put this as a a parking lot item and uh, kind of tee it up in the summer, early fall as a good time to, you know, pre-budget season to engage in some discussion about it.
2: Sounds good, Madam Chair.
0: All right. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none. Thank you very much for the thorough presentation, and thank you, Victor, for your patience with just making sure we're all up to speed and do understand because this is complicated. And I, I think in our know, meeting, it's important for everyone on the committee to kind of have that background. So right. with that, um, we're uh, we ready to move on to Parks and Rec? Thank you. Goodbye,
4: right. everyone. Thank you.
0: Have a good evening.
5: Tell your new grandchild, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
4: Bye.
2: All right. I believe uh, Tyler is is with us, and uh, he's got a, I think, four different budgets um, okay. uh, to discuss with us.
0: First, welcome, Tyler. I'm trying to think that that things kind of blend together, but were you with us at last year's? Budget season I don't Th-
6: think- I was not no this is my first so it's <laughs> nice to vir- it's nice to virtually meet you all.
0: <laughs> so welcome we're excited to have you on board. I see Thank lots you. of exciting things happening and lots of PR out there in the Facebook world and elsewhere so um welcome and um uh, we're excited to hear about what you've got on the on the table for us today.
6: Awesome. Yes. Thank you for having me. And and like I said, it's nice to finally virtually meet you and hopefully I'll meet you guys all in person soon. Um, So I'll I'll jump right in Um, on this on this sheet. It does show. um, And after having discussions with Randy, the first line item that was increased was the playground program salary. Um, that will actually now be moved out of the um, operating budget into our revolving budget. So we'll take on that expense for our playground program. And just a little background on that in general, that program has grown from about 30 to 40 kids to now we take in almost 100 kids to that to that program. So um, with that obviously comes more staffing and more expenses. So that's kind of where that is. But once again, we're going to be pulling that now from our revolving budget. So um, that'll hopefully help offset some of the other expenses. Um, going forward, the, the main ask for, for our department this year is the um, two additional full-time maintenance staff. So we currently right now um, are extremely shorthanded. Um, we are making ends meet the uh, best we can with the staff that we do have, but with the additional um, two facilities we were given in the Earl Newhouse, And the Paul Revere, even though we don't do the uh, mowing, we do still do a lot of maintenance down there and and still do trash. Um, So that does take up some uh, weekly time for our guys. But just to let you guys know, the Earl Newhouse site given to us once it was finally completed over the summer has added an additional uh, almost 26 to 28 man hours a week. To, to keep that um, facility looking the way it is. So there's a lot of weed whacking, a lot of mowing, a lot of picking out of the rain, like the rain garden areas. There's a ton down there, so it does take some time. Um, so um, with that being said, it's, um, once we also operate the rink, as you guys know, and we lose three full-time staff to, to the rink as soon as it opens in September. So that leaves us with um, two full-time maintenance guys for the fall, which, there's not enough for all the fall cleanup for all the parks and all the fields. Um, That's a lot of leaf picking up for two, two guys. And we were short one guy this whole fall, which that led to me being out there uh, mowing grass doing fall cleanup and things just to, just to help out. So just to kind of put it into perspective, we, um, and then in the summer with the pool as well, we shift one of our guys, almost one and a half of our guys to the pool to operate the pool uh, now with the splash pad and everything, there's a lot to it and maintaining the chemicals and, and checking in. And, um, you know, we, we pretty much try to have a guy on site during working hours at the pool just to kind of help out and and make sure that the chemicals and all the machines are working the way they're supposed to. So knock on wood, everything's been great, but there has been some issues that luckily we've had a, been able to have a guy down there. So the two additional full time staff will be super, super critical in our department and helping out with these Um, additional facilities that we've been given and as well as the facilities we already have. Um, The, the demand has gone through the roof as far as our programming, which increases what the maintenance guys do to set up the fields and the mowing as well as, as well as the youth leagues in town. Um, They continue to grow. Um, And with that, they continue to ask for more and more um, things to be done to get the fields ready and, as well as the high school. We prepare all the high school fields for all their games and everything that they need. So we do it all. Um, so we, w- there's a lot to be taken care of coming up in the spring. Um, we're short. Uh, we're going to be short two guys this spring. So um, say your prayers for us. Cause we got, we have a lot of work that needs to get done. As soon as the rink closes that next day on Monday, we're out on the fields and we're getting the fields ready for Hopefully, if there's no snow, the, the teams will be out on that 27th is the target date for high school and youth sports. So um, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work that continues to be done, and with the additional staff, that'll that'll help uh, offset some of the uh, stress that currently now our guys have to do and the overtime uh, expense that our guys need. Um, with that, one of the positions I'm looking to kind of uh, create is also uh, uh, I would look to hire a small engine mechanic as well. So it would kind of be part of our staff as a small engine mechanic um, as well as a maintenance worker. So he, uh, when we have something that goes offline, it sets us back tremendously. We only have so much equipment in, in our staff. Um, so when there's a zero turn mower that goes offline, it, it sets us back a couple of days because we have to send it out uh, or it has to be sent to DPW and it, it's not always. So if we have someone on staff that can take a look at it, uh, and and fix it within a day. That will tremendously save us uh, time and in and, um, and, and our efforts. So um, I'm tr- trying to kind of wrap that through with uh, with that position as one of them being small engine as well as maintenance. So um, so that's kind of the my main ask for the maintenance f- aspect of it. Um, another thing I, I'm sure you guys are aware of is the increase in lifeguard um salaries um the increase for that we are it's a it's a nationwide issue as as lifeguards right now um we have to be able to compete with these private clubs that are offering 20 25 an hour they're offering bonuses they're offering to pay for their certifications so at the current rates we were at last year and previous years we would not even come close we're almost roughly about seven to eight dollars off of what these, um, private clubs are paying. So, um, that's why the increase for that is to stay competitive. Our goal with this beautiful new facility we have in town and being one of the gems of summer is, um, we, our goal is to expand the hours. Uh, we would love to expand the hours, but right now with the lifeguards and the staffing I have, it's not feasible, uh, to operate safely. So, um, hopefully if we are able to create uh, higher wages and and pay for their certifications. It'll entice people to want to come work at the boulevard pool for us this summer. Um, so that's um, the main increases. And then um, the electricity piece, um, I'm sure Randy has already talked about the central maintenance that would get pulled. So we don't have to talk too much about that. The software maintenance piece, um, as Cindy uh, talked about earlier, our programs have, we've, Nearly tripled, quadrupled our program offerings, which we use a system called Myrec, and they um, charge us a fee based off the amount of revenue and registrations we take in. So that's why that additional cost um, is there, um, and that's based off of kind of projections of what what we've taken in so far. Um, and then the uniform rental is the contract uniform rental with hopefully the additional um, uh, two staff. And then the, the same thing with the cell phone stipend is the new contract. Um, chalk and fertilizer, in uh, the prices for chalk and fertilizer has nearly gone up um, about 60% we've seen um, it's, um, which is why the increase for that we, um, in the demand that we have for youth leagues and everything, we, we need that chalk, we need that fertilizer to be able to maintain the fields, to be able to line the fields the way we do. Um, to be able to paint and everything in the field. So um, that increase is, that's why it reflects the increase for that. Pool supply, same thing. Cost of chemicals has dramatically increased. Uh, Chlorine, um, everything that we use has gone up. It's almost yearly. I'm looking to try to figure out ways that we can try to keep costs, but with that, it's only gonna be minimal. It's not gonna be crazy, but with the new systems that we have in place, In the splash pad, it obviously needs more chlorine, it needs more chemicals to to operate. Um, So that is why the increase for uh, pool supplies and and chemicals. And I think that's it for that. Um, The Paul Revere Heritage Site, that is gonna stay the way it is. So that gets, just a little bit background, that gets contracted out, um, uh, just the mowing aspect of it. So that um, Absolute was the contract this year. Um, and they, we plan to hopefully re-up them this year. Um, they have a one year or one year contract with the option to extend after uh, three years. So hopefully that will continue. Their pricing is very competitive um, and I don't expect too high of an increase um, in their aspect. Includes um, the contracts for the uh, water mitigation and things like that that we have, the contracts for potential geese um, issues that we have down there. Um, and there's a few other, uh, Berardi Irrigation um, fixing, there's constant issues with the, um, we're having with the irrigation system. So that's having him on, on on call pretty much. So those are kind of where those expenses are, but we are relatively in a good spot with, with that number, which is good. Um, this is uh, for youth services. Um, the the 5,000 is for the egg hunt and the Halloween party. Um, this, is pretty standard it's we're not increasing it or anything like that it's um i think it's a great thing that the town does to be able to offer these programs for free to the town and to the uh, canton citizens um there's a lot of towns that do charge a fee and i think it's um that great that the town is willing to um you know fund some of the costs for this so that no change in that and then the um, rink enterprise fund Um, So I know a lot. um, The increase for that um, was um, the main increase for that is the um, night differential aspect of it. Um, And that is um, due to our guys that get shifted over. They get a a night differential um, expense um, that's charged. And now it used to be charged out of our, um, our actual budget. Now it's getting charged out of the ring enterprise since they are working at the rink um, as it should be properly um, charged out of that. And then other expenses, I know electricity and um, has gone up just because of the new facility, uh, larger facility, more um, electricity is being used with the machines and things like that. So that expense is there. Um, And those are the two, let me see if I'm forgetting anything with that. Um, Those are the, the main increases for the rink enterprise fund. And that's, that's all. Any questions?
5: Seems pretty straightforward
0: to me.
6: Awesome.
0: I don't know, other are, are, are committee members have questions?
1: Cindy,
7: Cindy, one question. Um, thank you, Tyler. I just wanted to um, pick up, you, you mentioned something about there being kind of constant irrigation issues is that is that like issues to be expected or is it something unusual or
6: yeah so it's a very unique system down at the Paul Revere site um and very unique heads that sometimes um it's nothing it's nothing like emergency but it, it is it's like broken heads and things like that and then the beginning of the year getting the systems up and started and things like that. So it's very basic um, maintenance, but it is part of something that I wanna keep in the, the expense as it, it does happen. Okay, thank you. You're welcome.
4: Thanks, Randy or Cindy um, and Tyler. So one quick question I have for you is in regard to the skate sharpener. That's a it's an awesome machine, I used it. The other day uh the staff was great um but it's only it's cash only so is there a possibility of having like merchant services come in so or selling you know multi-packages so if i want to shove my skates every time after practice you know i could buy a 10 pack at a better rate because um, i feel like we're probably losing out to some of the other uh skate sharpener places in town where you know you could add that revenue on plus there's really no point of sale to kind of quantify that it just kind of looks like it just gets thrown into a drawer so
6: just yes so we do so there is um great question so there is um we do use a point of sale system so the guys um through our our our, um registration software my rec there is a point of sale system specifically for the rink for those charges as skate sharpening so that way we can track it, but you bring up a great point where the, we could potentially look into having some sort of um, pass where it's like 10 sharpenings for X amount or whatever it is. And I know the pool and the rink um, is cash only. And that's, a, I think, a bigger discussion um, potentially with IT and, and Randy himself to, to, to discuss um, whether or not we do take um, credit cards in the future or any type of thing like that. So, okay. Thank you. You're welcome.
5: Any other questions?
2: Um, th- through the chair. Tyler, um, yeah. would you, do you wanna just comment briefly on um, article 16 <coughs> uh, yes. funding for the July 4th celebration?
6: Yep, yep. So we are requesting the uh, $35,000 to fund the an- annual 4th of July celebration again, um, and that includes the, um, the fireworks, um, all the fun item, um, fun things we have on site for all the kids to do and the families, the band on site. So um, that will actually, this year uh, will be on July 2nd, not July 4th, once again, due to the issue of uh, firework vendors being available. Um, they've been booked out for years because of COVID. They got pushed off last year. Um, so now they're um, it's going to be happening on Sunday, July second this year, but that's um, the thirty five thousand is to cover all those expenses. Uh, and once again, we will be doing it at the Irish Cultural Center as well.
0: Um, uh, Randy, do you want us to take a vote on this this evening, and we would ne- need to update the motion to reflect the dollar amount, which I'm assuming wasn't available. Yeah, that
1: would uh, I think that would be perfectly appropriate..
0: Okay. Uh, you want to do that now? Or you want. to
1: whatever your your pleasure
2: is, Madam Chair.
0: Yep, so um, I guess, do we have a motion to approve funding for the um, annual 4th of July community celebration in the amount of $35,000?
7: Move to approve um, Article 16, $35,000 for the 2023 annual uh, 4th of July event.
5: Second.
0: Any discussion? Hearing none, Randy, would you do the roll
2: call for us? Yes, Madam Chair. Maureen? Yes. Tim? Aye. Aye. Karen? Aye.
1: Dan? Aye. Dave? Aye. Emilio? Aye. And Cindy?
0: Aye. Uh,
2: unanimous, Madam Chair, 700.
0: Great. Right. Well, thank you very much, um, Tyler, for joining us this evening. And um, we, at a minimum, we've got your 4th of July celebration. At yes. least.
6: <laughs> thank <laughs> the you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all.
0: To have a good evening.
6: You too. Thank you. Uh, thank you.
0: And we're not doing too bad on time. We're only five minutes behind. Pretty good. Um, so all that's right. going to take us on to uh, Mike Trotta, um to run us through a whole bunch of accounts. Uh, So I'll turn
5: it over, Randy, to you and to Mike. So welcome, Mike. Mike? No, is he here? I know he was. was. There he is. You're on mute.
2: There he goes.
8: I'm unmuted now, I believe. You are.
2: (laughs) First off, though, Mike, what was the result of your basketball game last night?
8: Uh, We. Don't want to discuss it. Okay, (laughs) fine. (laughs) Basketball is a contact sport. Oh. (laughs) And unfortunately, my group of young ladies don't believe that it is a contact sport. (laughs) So when the other team comes out and is super aggressive, we just go into a shell and hide and that's what happened
2: well, discretion is a better part of valor
8: there you go <laughs> all right where all would right. you like to begin
2: oh we got you teed up here mike uh 192. The build,
1: all uh, 192
8: um is public buildings um the big feature here in public buildings is the um movement i think randy has talked to you the group about this um charlie aspin i mean charlie aspin charlie duty and randy and myself have been working on uh developing a central maintenance uh, program where uh we become responsible for all the buildings in town all the maintenance of the buildings. And in order to do that, with the idea that somewhere down the road within the next year or two, we're going to end up with a central maintenance department of its own. Um, we have 20, we had 19, we're up to 21 buildings. We have 220,000 square feet of Building that the t- municipal side has to take care of, um, and if we go and we start looking at a possibility of something happening, that well, we're we are actually taking care of Saint Gerards, even though it's vacant. We now have to go down there and uh, make sure that the lights are off and the heat is on, and uh, do some cleaning down there because you don't want to end up with dirt and cobwebs so that and we ended up accepting that maintenance so in order to do that we felt that we needed a professional manager and um, so you'll see that the, one of the big requests for salary is for a uh, central, ma- central maintenance division head or I'm calling it a facility manager at the cost of $125,000 a year. Um, This would be a professional person. Uh, The job description is being written now. It uh, is a, um, I believe it's a bachelor's degree in engineering or um, facilities management with seven years of experience or a combination of experience and training that would speak to your ability to manage a department. So that's $175,000. And on top of that, um, we Randy worked out with uh, several, uh, with all the department heads that we this year, at least, we would start paying the electric bills and the power bills, heating bills. Um, out of uh, out of our, out of 192, um, and also by uh, maintenance supplies um, like soap, paper towels, um, cleaning fluids, those kinds of things that would all be bought out of 192. So that added. Um, five hundred and sixty thousand five hundred sixty thousand three hundred and fifty nine thousand three hundred and fifty nine dollars to the budget. So that means that our request is um, one million five hundred and seventy six thousand and change for uh, Department fifty one ninety two. That also Includes thirty thousand dollars because we manage Pequodside Farm, that building. Even though um, Concom controls the rentals, um, and the Board of Health is up there, Concom's up there. We're actually cleaning it uh, and doing maintenance work up there. So uh, we have that budget. At, that budget is thirty thousand dollars. Yes, Ryan.
2: Um, just just wanted to highlight. So this five hundred and sixty thousand dollars that you see here um, is quote harvested from all of the other building budgets. So it's it's uh, currently not a you know an increase um, to the to any of the budgets. It's zero sum, uh, but it all all is moving up to um, up to uh, building one ninety two. And then one other point. The, uh, to make is that in addition to the um, uh, the facilities manager position, which you, you don't see uh, on this sheet here, because this evolved as we had discussions uh, with Mike. So it's not on here, but, but we've added it in, and it's in your summary sheets. Um, but another thing that we've added in, and we'll see if we can afford it, is um, actual monies for uh, b- being able to repair and maintain all of the buildings. Now, because when we went through this harvesting exercise here, um, it was kind of surprising to see that uh, the line items associated with uh, building repair and maintenance, the two highlighted here, only $145,000. That's pretty lean um, and service contracts only 11,000. So um, having gone through this exercise um, myself in the past, in the initial year, um, we seeded this with an additional $200,000 for repair and maintenance um, expenses uh, so that when the uh, department heads in these buildings call, um, we're actually able to uh, react and, and, and afford to pay for the, the work to maintain them. Um, so in, in my view, to speaking for myself, I think this $145,000 is sort of indicative of the need here, you know, it's not a, an item that um, a, a department is necessarily going to ask for uh, for their budget if they're trying to provide services. So, um, so I, in my view, it's been uh, you know underfunded. But again, we'll see um, how much of that you know can be afforded. Um, so that, that's a that's a later discussion. Thank you.
8: This was done. I I know um, just a, two seconds of background. Um, and and I'm pretty sure nobody that's on the present committee was um, here when um, Public Works kind of assumed 192. But when we assumed 192, which was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, um, police and fire had, maintenance budgets um, that they paid for maintenance out of their out of those budgets, we assume those budgets from uh, police and fire. The other thing that happens a lot um, is um, they need um, a window fixed, or they need glass, say a windows broken. Um, especially over counseling and aging. Um, so we'll go over and fix it. And then we turn around and give them a bill. And they're saying, well, why do we have to pay the bill? It should be um, out of building department, 192. And our argument is we don't budget for those things. We budget for um, maintenance, routine maintenance, painting, um, Cutting the grass, um, picking up leaves, um, cleaning gutters, those kinds of things. But when you want a new door, or you want to change a wall, or you want to do something like that, that's not in our budget. And we end up charging the fire department or we end up charging counseling agents, COA, and it kind of is a fuzzy area. So we're looking to centralize those activities, start planning those activities out of those kind of capital um, maintenance projects that um, nobody, you know, nobody is really focusing on. And that's why, that's kind of why we'll, we're recommending this move. If you want to... Um, that's piquet side farm, public works administration. Um, Again, um, the big item here is the select board. We had a position of an operations manager, which was funded at $100,000 or $105,000. And we had nobody in that position. Um, That money went into funding a storm water manager which is in this budget, $108,150. The select board felt very strongly that they wanted to reestablish a operations manager position. And in order to do that, we have to ask funding for that position And we're estimating that cost at $125,000. Now there is some somewhat of an impact to um, public works budget because we were actually using that $180,000 as um, kind of a contingency because um, the last five years we've had to, our our budget is, the last five years we've we've managed to average about $15,000 balance at the end of the year. But that balance comes from carryovers and from that position, that $100,000 position not being funded we have typically had to add in something like 108. Unfortunately it was, we had the average last five year average is $104,000 had to get added to the budget at public works at the end of the year in order for us to make, um, to pay all our bills. So there'll be an impact Like Randy says, we'll figure it all out at the end of the year. Um, So it's just like a preview that I expect the same kind of thing is going to happen at the end of this year. But the impact for the budget going forward for 2024 is the operations manager at 125,000. The other increase at um, admin is um, for us. $5,000 for software uh, upgrades. We have a uh, CityWorks asset management system in place. Um, It's work order system. It's um, uh, the public can go in and generate work orders um, online. Um, They're job tickets, essentially job tickets here. This is what you're going to do. Go out, do these jobs come back, close it out, keep the stats, keep when it's completed. And um, so we have this asset management program, CityWorks, and like all software packages as they go up. So we need $5,000 for that. So that's the impact, $130,000 um, in an admin. Engineering is, um, We're asking for um, roughly um, $18,600 increase of which $6,500 is um, for the salary for the town engineer. We've been trying to hire a town engineer for over, for almost a year. And um, we're finding in order to be competitive, we got to be paying $120,000 to $130,000 for that position because that's what that position is going for now. When you go on the MAA website or you go on the Boston Civil Engineering Society websites, job sites, that's what they're going for. So in order to be competitive, we have to raise the salary. And the other thing is um, $12,000 increase for uh, professional services, purchase of services that's, um, um, that's for well, it's zero now, but you can see it's um, been, 10,000, 19,000, 8,000 the last three years. Um, I think the five year average is actually around $12,000. And that's for uh, if we have to get a surveyor in to do some surveying, if we're doing uh, soil sampling, for when we're doing um, pavement work, um, maybe some on call engineering that is traffic engineering that we can't handle in-house so that's what that request is for oh god this looks awful <laughs> highway maintenance um actually we're actually <clears throat> There was a position that um, was originally misplaced in the budget. So it's funded, uh, it was funded elsewhere. So we had to add it into here $69,000. It's not a new position, it just was kind of misfiled. So it went back into where it belongs. and then we're looking at, um,
5: I'm looking at um, upping most of
8: Public Works' budget is salary. And the salary increases are built in, much like um, you heard from Parks and Rec Director. Um, costs have gone up, and we really haven't increased. um, We haven't asked much to increase on the expense side. So these are um, some costs to try to catch up so we can uh, buy gravel, we can buy um, asphalt, we can buy... those kinds of things that we need every day to do our work. So that's the increases you see here um, in highway maintenance. Signs of traffic, there's um, no increase from the base budget. It's been that several years, gas and oil, again, we we uh, uh, living with the base budget base budget this this goes up and down. Um, we were a little shot when this was put in when uh, gas was five dollars a gallon. So we should be all right. Um, so there was no change there. Highway equipment maintenance. All right, this is where you can, um, this is where um, the position came out of. It's not a dollar for dollar, um, because you'll see that was 69,000, but it's 55 here. Um, So it's not dollar for dollar, but it was reduced um, because it was the gentleman that was there, it was, was not on the right stepping grade. So that had to get corrected. That's why you don't see a dollar, for dollar change. And then um, we just need more money here. You can see um, in FY20, it was $170,000. fy 21 was $181,000. Um, FY22, it was 150000 So I just felt we needed to add more money in the to buy pots, um, filters, oil filters, spark plugs, um, you name it, that's what we're buying out of this repair of equipment. And that's why you see that increase.
5: Then I think everything else is
8: basically um, Flat. Flat. There may be when you see there's like $600 or three, uh, $400. That's because um, an ASME contract settlement and um, we had to add in stipends for um, phones because we're not really using radios anymore. Everybody's using their phone. So the town agreed that they should get paid for us using their phones. So that's a contract um, obligation. So is there any questions on public works? Or did I confuse everybody?
9: Oh, Emilio. Hey, Mike, thanks. Uh, thanks for the presentation, Mike. Um, I just had a, a couple of questions. The first being with regard to the consolidation of building maintenance. Um, how is that, uh, Do will that in any way affect how public works or the town uh, uh, project, uh, um, as capital uh, requests for the municipal side? I know obviously these are mostly maintenance and routine things, but will that affect how public works uh, requires equipment um, or will it in other ways affect the public works budget by having to maintain uh, more things over time?
5: Emilio, um, the long-term,
8: and when I say long-term, long-term is two years, I guess. I think within two years, you're gonna see a central maintenance department with its own capital requests, whatever, uh, we work out with them when they split off from public works they will take equipment they will take trucks that will become theirs mm-hmm. i mean will they'll get negotiated out and then they will establish their own um, capital plan their own equipment needs um so public works will no longer no longer be asking those kinds of things. Now, when that gets split out, um, we will, the expectation, at least from me, is that they will still participate in snow removal and snow plowing with their own equipment. So when they leave, they'll take what they need, whatever lawnmowers they need, leaf blowers, um, trucks, Practice, there's a request in for a new tractor for them uh, for where they take care of at Pequot Side. There's a request in this year for a pickup for them, um, which is in capital planning under public works. But when that um, change is made, they'll take those equipment, that equipment with them.
9: Um, but in the short term, Public Works is okay with uh, the budget it has to be able to do the things we see for the next fiscal year?
8: Well, if you give us the increase that we just discussed, yeah. Right.
9: Okay. All right. Thanks, Mike. I, uh, just as a question um, for um, maybe Randy or maybe you, is there um, precedence for central maintenance departments and do we kind of know what type of um, in other towns in the area.
8: If you give me two seconds.
1: (laughs) Mike's done a lot of research in this space, Emilio. I have, um, I looked at one, one, two, three, four,
8: five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 towns. Um, that are managing buildings um, separate. Some of them are towns that manage uh, school buildings and town buildings as one. Some of them there is of those 18, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of those 18 manage the buildings under public works and 10 of them have a building department. And some of those towns are like, Dedham has a building department. Dover has a building department. Easton manages the buildings out of public works. Falmouth manages their buildings out of public works. Franklin has a department. Lexington has a department. Milton manages out of public works. Milton has a department. Needham manages the buildings out of uh, Public Works. Walpole manages the building out of Public Works. Westwood manages the buildings out of Public Works. And Wellesley has a building department. So there is a mix, but it's mostly a separate building department with a facilities manager and an assistant facilities manager and head custodians and um, plumbers and electricians.
9: It would seem to me that that this would be a really great idea to centralize all of this. So that just speaking for myself, that it would not just allow um, better um, coordination between the departments, but also because they would be consolidated, but also I would bet that there will be some, eventually economies of scale or scope by having all of these things under one roof and either A, more proactively fixing things before they become more problematic or just the scale of being able to do it all under one roof. So it sounds like a really great idea. Uh, Thanks.
8: All right, very good. Jim, you had your hand up.
5: Hey, Mike. Um, Just a quick question.
7: Um, You referred to the stormwater position that was I think you said was uh, proposed but it's it's still not filled is that is that it right it is filled it is filled oh okay. Uh,
8: okay she is going to be starting Christine Meany she is going to be starting before the end of the month I okay. believe either the 20th or the 27th
7: okay great um, and I was just curious I know in in past um you know past budget cycles when we talked to you um there was discussion about you know that that this this uh stormwater issue is is a is a big issue looming on the horizon you know potentially you know with um a lot of personnel costs and equipment costs and and there was some just, dis- uh, maybe maybe this might be a randy question you know there was some discussion about um, you know the eventuality maybe of having a, an enterprise account and I was just wondering if there was any developments in those areas are we just just at the beginning stages with the um, with the new um, stormwater manager
8: I believe well we are at the beginning stages of that Tim um, Part of her charge is going to be to take a look at that, start developing a cost to um, see where we need to be and how we should get there. Um, There is legislation passed by town meeting that has already authorized um, the establishment of a stormwater utility um i forget what's thought i think it's article 21 i forget what um town meeting it was done at it was several years ago and i'm sure it, a lot of people have forgotten that that's been voted um so yeah that's part of what she's going to work on
7: okay thank you
0: any other questions on all of
8: these items, <laughs> so. All right, water and sewer. Um, I can only talk to salaries and um, other expenses. Um, as you know, MWRA is MWRA. They set what that rate is. It is going up, It is going up significantly. Um for both um sewer and water. The impact there is um not immediate well how the MWRA works on the water bill is not like your water bill at your house where what you use today you're paying for today or you're paying for within weeks of when you used it, when we use the water from MWRA, we're not paying for it until 16 to 18 months later. So when you look at this, this is based on um, 2021 and 2022. In 2021, this is the conundrum of water business. Um we did not sell a lot of water and we had to buy a lot of water. Um we did not sell a lot of water because um it was wet summer and people didn't do a lot of irrigation. Um and um we did some maintenance at Peachtree Street so that plant was down uh uh, a good amount of uh, almost a month um, so we had to buy water we, we did that in um, late in the fall at beginning of the winter when our demand is down so that reflects into this increase plus the wet summer goes into this re- increase um, the other is um, charges from the general fund um that's gone up sixty seven thousand dollars now that is a formula that randy can explain better than i um it is for the support that the uh, general fund gives the enterprise fund so when randy does work or i do work uh, um, the town administrator does work or public works does work um and we're getting paid uh from the general fund and we do work on water enterprise stuff well we build the water enterprise for that time that general fund spent doing their work so that's built into this formula so i, I think that's how i explain it randy can explain it better but Um, The only
2: thing I would add, uh, Mike, is that it also covers um, employee insurances and allocation of some other uh, general insurances that apply to um, apply to the enterprises.
8: There you go. So other expenses—that's what I am spending money on. So that is the $185,000, and that $185,000 includes. $95,000 $95,000 for tank maintenance. We entered into a 15 year program with Viola um, to do maintenance on our waters, five water storage tanks. Uh, Randy and Randy funded the painting of two of those tanks up front in the first three years of uh, the budget and then for routine maintenance, it's $95,000 a year for the next 10, 12 years. So that's, this is the first year that it hits the budget. Also in that $185,000 is $50,000 increase for, uh, I think it's 50000 might be a little bit more for power and electricity, because those costs have gone up, um, is also um, because the testing of the water, uh, the routine testing that EPA uh, DEP requires is based on the town population. Well, we passed the threshold. So now we have to do, we were doing um, 30 samples a month. uh, 30 samples, now we're required to do uh, 40 so that's going to cost us more money. So there's ten or twelve thousand dollars in that for increased testing, and then um, professional services. Again, these are bringing in people that we need um, to help on problem solving. While the five-year average on that is about two hundred thousand and we had um 80 something thousand in the budget so i just felt we needed to start building that up what professional services do we use um we had a leak out on 138 and the state required us to do ground radar penetration uh, to look at the ground the uh, sub base of the road to see if there was any damage. Um, we have um, uh, Hydro Tech is a company we use a lot when we uh, had to do a couple of uh, wet valve insertions that um, we did had to do because of leaks. Um, so this was kind of contingency kind of things that come up that we really haven't budgeted for So it gets charged to that line item. So those are basically the high points of what that $185,000 is. And then the sewer, um, again, it's salaries. Um, There's a a small increase there and other expenses. We're, We're doing pretty well. So um, that's kind of flat. And then you, again, you have the increase from uh, MWRA, MWRA and assessment and um, the general fund. That's about it. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about, is there any questions on the enterprise budget? There is an impact in all of this. We got to pay that bill. So um, that comes from rates. So um, I think you're going to see um, a rate increase in the water sewer bill, or at least that um, request for a rate increase in the spring. Any other questions or discussion before we move on to the articles? There we go. Thank you. All right. Um, Randy and um, Charlie Doody both felt that um, there was enough money or potentially there's enough money to um, spend on supplementing chapter 90 program now this you you have done this in the past i don't i think the last budget we did this in was maybe 2018 um where um four hundred thousand dollars got added just as a background in um 2000 town got five hundred and thirty three thousand dollars in chapter 90 money in 2000 and we paved 11 miles of roads with that um, 530,000 so that was roughly $49,000 a mile and that's just to pay just to pay that's not um, sidewalk curb, and the other kinds of things that go into that. Um, this year, 2023, um, we're going to get just under $770,000 in Chapter 90 funds. And with that um, $770,000, the town can pay 3.3 months because the cost in that went from the 49 thousand per mile to two thirty thousand dollars per mile and that increase um, so that's like a 44 percent increase in chapter 90 funding and a 70 percent decrease in what you can use the funds and that's basically because the price of um, asphalt went from $22.75 a ton in 2000 to $107,000 a ton, $107 a ton this year. Um, and just to further shock everybody, in 2020, which was only three years ago, the cost for asphalt was $75 a ton. So in three years, it's gone up to $107 a ton. And Chapter 90 has not increased since 2020. So we get the same amount of money, but with we can't we got to spend it. We cost much, so much more. We can do less. In 2020, we could do five and a half miles. Now we can do three and a third miles. So that's where this request comes from. Um, and the other bonus in this request is <clears throat> chapter 90, the last two years hasn't been authorized until August. Well, by the time it gets done, authorized in August, now it's almost the end of the year. In <clears throat> 13 cities and towns that we um, contract paving with all want to use the one guy at the same time. So it becomes very difficult to get your projects done in a timely fashion. So that's where this um, supplement appropriate... Excuse me, I'm starting to lose my voice. That's where this article 13 comes from. And I believe, Randy, what's the number you, 740,000?
2: 740,000, which we have uh, accessible with the surplus reserves uh, that we have this year. Um, With all of the contemplated uses of the surplus reserves this year, this fits in uh, just fine, Uh, and as Mike stated um it, we would want this article to the motion to be worded so the funds are available immediately, uh so uh so the town can get in line earlier uh to get some work started earlier
8: so is there any questions on that dan yeah
2: uh
9: yeah mike this is dan uh just curious what what's What's driving the cost of asphalt to increase so rapidly?
8: Um, It's the cost of oil, Dan, mostly, because that's asphalt is oil, sand, and stone. Um, At the beginning, like in 2000, 2001, 2002, um, Old Castle, which is a large Irish company, came over here and bought out some of the larger manufacturers of asphalt. They felt that the asphalt, the value of asphalt in the United States was undervalued compared to uh, Europe. And they saw a a opportunity to make money. So that drove the initial um, cost bump. Um, that kind of bumped it from $22 to $50. And then since then, it's just been the cost of acid, cost of oil. <clears throat> and the bad part of this is um, not only can you do less, it's not as resilient, it's not as good product because the oil that is used to make Asphalt comes off the bottom of the barrel and as um, refinery techniques improve and the use of plastics. Um, kind of take over our life everything is plastic. Um, you know your clothes got plastic in it, your cars are all plastic chairs you're sitting on a plastic. Um, so that oil is used um, for those kinds of products and there's less and less you get you're going further down in the barrel so now you're really taking off the bottom of the barrel to go make asphalt so a road that you paved 20 years ago uh, 25 years ago the life expectancy was 20 to 25 years now when you pave it life expectancy is is 10 to 12 years so not only does it cost more, it lasts. It doesn't last as long.
7: Not a good scenario. I, was just
0: going I, to say I know. Fairy story. Yes.
8: <laughs> but the benefit is, you know, I listen to the complaints, but it slows the traffic down. <laughs> if the roads are bad shape and it's bumpy and you know, the, the the traffic slows down. As soon as we pave it, they're calling up the chief saying, come down here, everybody's speeding. That's true.
0: So um, my question would be, we haven't really talked about what we have available and um, kind of where it's going to go. Um, so, I mean, I'm totally comfortable if we want to vo- vote this uh, chapter 90 supplement this evening, I don't know if the uh, members of the board are comfortable with that, or whether you want a fuller picture of what we're looking at in terms of our available um, resources to fund these types of projects. I'm just looking for a little bit of indication from the from the committee about whether you want to move forward with a motion on this this evening. And Randy, you've got. Can you repeat what the amount was again?
2: seven hundred and forty thousand um and i do have a uh summary of um the uh surplus uh reserves that we currently have associated with various various warrant articles um so i i agree with you madam chair that's probably uh best and fairer to the committee for them to see that summary uh before taking a vote on this and i can certainly send that around for our next meeting So we could, uh, address this article at that meeting.
0: I think that makes sense. So let's look at all of the items and then we'll keep this article right following that. That makes sense. Right. All right. Any other questions, discussion items, before we move on to um,
9: Mike Randy uh, this by a question for both of you uh, with regard to the rapid increase of the cost for repairing roadways are there other alternate ways that we can acquire um, funding for roads are there like grants we could apply for or are there other resources available to help with um, maintaining roadways beyond obviously the appropriating of supplemental funds
8: there are several several um, grant programs from the state. Emilio, we have uh, we want to pave Washington Street from um, Walnut, basically from Dockery Thomas up to the mall. That needs to be paved. We need to do side curb and sidewalk. That project is about $1.8, $1.9 million. Um, We got $400,000 from the state in complete complete street programs. And the balance is we put in opera money requests for the balance. So um, Randy has applied to um, the county to move that along. Um, we're looking at redoing a piece of on the Ponce Street. We got the engineering in a grant for that and we're in the final design. And hopefully um, the next step is to apply for um, either housing money or um, tip money to do that piece. So there are grant opportunities There are programs out there that we pursued more for a um, larger project as opposed to general paving of the streets. So the larger construction projects, um, we're looking for grant money or alternate funding (coughs) apart from chapter 90.
9: So those would be more also being larger projects more improvement projects too yes. whereas, yeah like you were mentioning like the complete streets where it's being improved and not yeah. just the, so chapter 90 would be more for just the routine say paving of a road that the surface well, that's,
8: that's kind of the um strategy we are using right now chapter 90 could be used for those projects if those other um avenues weren't available and you wanted to do a two million dollar project like um, Washington Street, you'd have to save up three years of Chapter ninety money to do it. So you would do right. no paving anyplace else and right. just save that money.
9: Yeah. So that so the 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 other um, uh, uh, other substitute materials being developed with asphalt or is asphalt the only road surface that, I mean, it's the only one I've heard of, but.
8: Well, there used to be, used to be concrete, Um, Concrete's used a lot um, in the southwest, west and southwest, because uh, they don't have the good aggregate, the aggregate being stone. We have good stone up here, readily available. So, Asphalt is almost the uh, pavement of choice, Um, but it's all some kind of, whether it's uh, cement concrete or bituminous concrete, that's what asphalt is, it's bituminous concrete. It's the same formula as um, cement concrete, except that they're using cement and water to bind the sand and stone together. In asphalt, you use an oil, hot oil, to bind the sand and stone together. Um, There has been some uh, research done where they use emulsions to bind, but the emulsions is water and oil to try to reduce the amount of oil you're using. Um, But um, asphalt seems to be the tuner's concrete uh seems to be the choice up in here in New England.
9: Thanks, Mike.
0: All right. Any other questions? Put Mike on the spot tonight.
8: Yeah, it scares me. Because <laughs> I start sounding like I know something.
0: I think you know a whole lot.
8: <laughs> and that worries me. <laughs>
0: So with that, I think what I'd like to do is close out our discussion in terms of uh, public works and all of the related uh, accounts and move on to the police department.
8: And so um, much for
0: being on time. We're now at 8.40, so... <laughs> all right, good night. Good night,
8: thank good night. you, Mike.
0: Mike.
7: Thanks, Mike.
10: Hello, everybody.
0: So welcome, Chief Rafferty. How are you all? Doing fine this evening to hear it glad to
9: hear it
2: if i do have your um your uh presentation pages as well as these uh, uh, budget worksheets so i'm happy to flip through whichever ones you'd like to focus on
10: i i like the presentation the the other one the presentation uh, you know what I'm. there you go randy
1: yeah
10: <laughs> thank you so just um and if you've been watching, I, I put this together a lot before some of the contracts were completed. And before I was aware of the centralized facilities manager position that the town was looking to put forth. So, so we can go through this and Randy can jump in anytime. Um, the first one, the department head salary, again, that was a contract that contract has now been um, agreed upon and that is why the adjustment is I think Randy passed in some papers that show the adjustments that we made. We sat down and called it a lot. I know you guys probably almost died when you saw my initial $800,000 request, but um, a lot of it was contract provisions that I was anticipating and didn't realize that that Randy already had accounted for them. So um, the second thing is uh, I am in the next number of years, and I know, according listening to Mike, that I'll be lucky if I get to put the holiday lights out again this year because the town has a lot of requests coming at you. But I just wanted to put this on your radar that I am in my tenure trying to build up the the patrol force within the police department with new positions. There has been a lot of building in town. There is a huge increase in police calls for mental health and all of those kind of calls, which take a lot of time when we go out, we, we just hired a clinician. She's wonderful, but she doesn't go to the calls ourselves. So the offices have to be there. And, and I think we're getting to a place with all the, uh, residential building that's going on in town that we're going to need to increase the officer base within the town. We have four of our offices are assigned full-time to the schools, school resource office program, which comes out of our budget. I love that program. I think the school is extremely happy with that program and I would hit, hate to have to take them back into patrol. So that that's a direction that we're gonna be going into. I, I don't anticipate this year coming to fruition, but just wanted to put it on your radar. Um, the shift overtime again, going back to the contract that that were unsettled, um, we are down right now, we've had a lot of officers resign even before retirement age. Um, we just had two in the past week. One is moving on to Alabama out of police work. Another is transferring into Boston. But since the beginning of the year, we've had two or three that have left police work altogether prior to retirement age. So we're down four offices um, and we are having interviews Monday night to backfill those positions. But with them gone and with those unanticipated people in the past two months saying they were leaving, every shift um, that somebody takes a day off requires overtime and two of the shifts are not staffed to our minimum manning. So they're overtime every night. That I'm, we were hoping to get laterals. It's hard to kind of estimate what the overtime budget would be because I was, we were trying to get laterals from other departments. And due to the fact that with civil service, their chief would have to sign off to allow them to come to Canton. And everybody's in the same boat as we are as far as staffing. So so I think, I know Randy and I called it down, but I think that probably we probably will go over on the overtime as the year goes on. I mean, even if we hire these four people, they're not going to get out of the academy. If we can get into an academy, probably to be ready on the street it probably won't be till the end of this year so um that's the sad part about that training i'm sorry i skipped one the training overtime salary was increased because the upper echelon of the police department is all um i'm 55 and we're all around the same age and we have to plan succession plan for people behind us it's not like people can just walk into the roles they have to go to firearm instructor school they have to you know, defensive tactics, all the things that we need to do to keep us compliant with POST, the new uh, Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission training. We need to put money into training. So so that's why I increased that request. And the overtime replacement is the same um, explanation as shift overtime. Quinn Bill, Randy can speak to this. This'll be a department 910.
2: Correct, Chief. so, uh, there's uh, two aspects to this. Uh, one is um, you'll hear about on Monday night from uh, the HR director, Jody. Um, it's a warrant article, Article 5, contract provision. Uh, so, the ed incentive associated with the Quinn bill, uh, we didn't have the funding in this year's budget uh, for that. So, the funding request is going to uh, town meeting under Article 5. Um, and that's um, Uh, 76,000, and then we're carrying uh, the FY24 um, uh, impact of that uh, 116,000 in Department 910, which is where we hold um, uh, uh, unsettled contract uh, funds. So should that pass at town meeting, it's already, the FY24 impact's already reflected uh, in the uh, FY24 budget being put forward in Department 910. And if it's approved, we would drop it down into the police budget.
10: Okay um, moving on the next three really speak to again the contract stipends and um, Randy accounted for them when the contracts were agreed upon, but they're all contract provisions that are put forth in the agreements. So we're seeing
0: back just ask a question on the cell phones. Sure. So I know we're seeing this across the board in a lot of um, departments um, that it's a stipend for a cell phone. Is that the case for the police department? Or
10: yes, yeah, the officers they uh, they get a stipend for the cell phone, and and I know I think the the thing has been put forth that that the town could possibly enter into an agreement where they get cell phones cheaper, but that would mean on top of it. officers don't want to carry two cell phones i don't think anybody really wants to carry two cell phones and um i i think that's what it breaks down to they use their phones a lot um it it is they use them for work it's it's i mean everybody uses them for work now it's it's just the way it is (laughs) there you go randy
0: i know i was just showing my two cell phones
10: (laughs) oh were you oh you were yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but you're not also like you're not carrying a a waste. No, I, know, I understand. I'm
0: not yeah I, I'm not one in one pocket and one in the other. I'm sitting at the desk. I, I totally understand. I'm not judging. So
10: um
0: okay, I'm just curious because um I think that must be complex to use personal cell phones on police business in terms of
10: right. Well they they yeah, it's <laughs> we we have that covered. They kind of we have policies and stuff with it. And I know exactly where you're going with that, but it, but it all works out. Um, expenses, again, electricity that is under Randy, um, the new centralized, so that was removed. The The radio re- request increasing it is, we have not had a maintenance contract for our radios. Um, and, and I know we're looking to work with the fire department to use the same people for the radio towers, the radios. Um, what you see the 7,000 that you see is like when we have to call people in or we have to replace radios, or we have to buy a new radio, but, but there's not somebody coming in to make sure monthly maintenance of the radios, which obviously is our lifeline. So would like to get back into having a maintenance contract with the same company as the fire department. So obviously the, the um, amount would be, would get a better deal. Um, the next one is, is again, it, it's something I'm pretty sure the fire department has, but it is um, a wellness thing for the officers to have a company that comes to the police station with analytic data equipment and does like a physical on the officers. And I know that they can go to monthly for yearly physicals on their insurance, but how many of them really do that as much as they should? It wouldn't be mandatory it would be a um, volunteer thing but trying to catch stuff that's going on with them earlier so that it we're avoiding maybe hot bill or all of that stuff and early retirement stuff that that would affect the town negatively so it's it's a minuscule amount i think the the amount is 700 or 800 dollars a year and and it could even be every other year but just to get us to have a jump on um, physical well-being of the officers. It's it's a difficult time to be a police officer. And I, I think the more that we can say we care and what that that I think uh, would go a long way. The CPR instructor part of that is um, in an effort to kind of cut down on overtime and stuff. We used to send our officers out to in-service training. Now we're having them do it on shift so it's not overtime. But because we're not going to in-person we have to be trained every year in in in-person cpr so this cpr instructor fee would be um she she charges a fee for each officer and i think it was 65 dollars last year she's a canton native and the fire department uses her too so we have to bring her in to train the officers um operational supplies it's (laughs) not maybe as high as asphalt but it is uh increasing everything as you know, anything you buy, eggs, cream cheese, paper, it's all increasing. Um, Equipment, so these last two line items would really be only in effect unless we had another mass exodus of offices next year. This is equipment for new personnel. So the four new people that we're hiring need to increase because all of uniforms have gone up. It's just crazy how expensive a pair of pants police officer are today and the training program this is based is is like going to the academy which i probably believe is about five thousand dollars per person now that was obviously me basing it on eight that i was hoping for not that i'm going to get eight but but i'm probably going to end up having to put five through the academy this year if i can get the seats so just erase that 889 because randy called it way down with me and um, that—that's what we're looking for this year. I will say though, we did write a grant, and from nine one one, and we got—I think—out of the two amounts of money, we got one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. So we are covering some of the the costs of officers on shift right now. This one's easy. <laughs> Animal control, um, we're really only asking for $600 for uniforms because um, the other $1,000 is now would be moved into the centralized equipment position or the centralized maintenance position. So um, we're having a hard time keeping part time people within the animal control unit. Um, So every time we do have to hire somebody again, it's the uniform cost for them to be outfitted and it's expensive, ridiculously for what you're buying. Any questions?
0: think personnel is a theme we're hearing across uh, all of our departments in terms of, I mean, yes, increased cost for materials, but the challenges of- recruiting. Oh yeah,
10: Recruitment. oh my goodness, yes. I mean, even town manager, uh, not town manager, uh, Gene Manning's position, temporary position now. It's just hard. A lot of competition.
0: So, any questions on budget, or should we move over to the um, articles?
10: Yay! Let's
5: go to the articles.
10: Did you guys find this um this thing helpful?
1: i did
0: yeah i think it's nice it gives a nice summary i don't know how other committee members
10: is there anything you would like to see more on it next year in terms of like from from the financial brains out there no i
5: thought it was good yeah okay
0: So, you want to take us uh, through the articles?
10: I. This is the only article that's being put forth under us, and it's just increasing fines.
0: Anybody have any question about this?
1: I, I have one. I, I, well, I, excuse. What was the motivation for
2: the article?
9: Was there more incidents of dog No, bite?
10: I, I. In talking and and, and Stacy has been out. She's having some family um stuff going on. But but in so I didn't really get to talk to Stacy about this except to say that that it's the general around. It's all all the fines going up all the towns around, and I believe we're trying to just stay in line with it. Randy, do you know any more about this particular article? Charlie seems to have, um, worked with on this. Okay. No, I, I, I don't know the last time that they were, um, updated. So I think probably just looking and maybe, you know, sometimes people, the leash law violation, I know Stacy has a hard time, um, with that. And also getting people to, um, Register the dog. So maybe if the, the fine is a little bit more, they'd be more apt to run down and do the right thing.
0: I was just going to say, the higher the fine, the more incentive to. Um, yes. Not incur one.
10: Yes. But that's really the only.
0: Okay. Dan.
7: No, that
9: was that was my question.
7: Yeah, I'm I'm good now. Hey, Cindy.
0: Hmm?
7: Quick question. Hi, Chief. Thanks for coming Chief. tonight. Um, so, I'm just curious. Uh, so, on these um, the violations and the fines is is it does it fall on the animal control officer to enforce these or like issue a bill? or
10: Yes. Stacy has a like a uh, citation book for bylaws and and that that she hands out citations. Yes.
7: Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm and just,
10: if, if, there are some that, that she can bring up to court if they're not paid and she has done that a couple of times, but, um, I can definitely, if, if you have more intricate questions about this kind of stuff, I can get them to Stacey to just.
7: No, I think you answer. I'd so, so that was going to be my question. Like, is there some process if, you know, uh, uh, head owner ignores it or it's yes. so it's, it sounds like they, it, it can result in a court court hearing yes. or something. Okay. Thank you. And um, you know, just uh, you know, speaking for myself, not for the you know, for the whole committee, but um, you know, thank you for you know your your work and all your departments work every oh, day.
10: So. thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Let them know I appreciate all of you and your patience with me in my first inaugural year here. <laughs> Just make sure i get enough money for the holiday lights <laughs> I was that's, all, that's say, all anybody
0: cares about a lot of positive attention around town so
10: oh my goodness that's what i'm like like I, it was so funny and i'm like god if the lights are not there next year i'm going to be in big trouble <laughs> So, thank you no
0: yeah. uh would the committee want to go ahead and vote this article uh
9: I move that the Finance Committee recommend article 24 as written in the warrant. I think
0: Any discussion? Hearing none, Randy, can you call the roll call for us?
1: Yes, Madam Chair, uh, Maureen. Aye. Jim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio, Aye. And Cindy,
5: Aye.
1: Unanimous, Madam Chair, seven
2: zero zero.
0: Great. Um, so you. the next item on our agenda is to vote the um, discuss and vote revenue forecasting recommendations, and we do have a governor's budget as of today, I believe, right? Uh,
2: yeah, actually, it, it, you too. Thanks. Um, yeah, it actually came out. Uh, it was the. 23rd. Um, so uh, refreshed um, this document here, which those members of the finance committee that are on the revenue uh, committee have, have seen this. So I've updated it. Uh, the only update uh, being the, um, uh, the, the governor's budget. Uh, so the state, um, uh, state, uh, state aid proposal. Uh, we also did get a couple of um, updates uh, on um uh, fixed expenses the blue hills regional um number uh came in as well which which impacts fixed costs not revenue but so that's been updated um so uh just wanted to uh, briefly go through the revenue forecast for the committee um and what, just uh, a bit of background um at our meeting on february 7th with the F- uh, revenue forecast committee um uh this was voted unanimously, uh, the, uh, the total revenue being put forward uh, for general fund budgets. Um, and it was also voted that um, when the governor's proposal comes in for state aid, uh, that we would replace my estimates with that. And uh, that would then be the supported uh, revenue forecast by the Revenue Forecast Committee. So that's what I've done here. Um, I've, I've updated the forecast for that. Um, I wanted to go over it uh, briefly, take any questions, comments, and uh, look for um, a vote uh, from the Finance Committee.
5: That sound uh, acceptable to the group? Good.
2: <laughs> um, all right, so this page here, I'm, I'm just focusing on the revenues. Um, not the expenses, because this is just all about revenue. So here on the top right-hand corner is the, uh, the grand summary of the general fund revenue forecast. So uh, grand total of $118,270,827, or a 4.9% increase over FY23. Um, and FY23 was also the same percentage increase. And the amount on the state aid line here um, is now 11,539,764, and that was approximately uh, 590, 598,000 higher than, than what my estimates were. Um, but just to walk you through uh, the, the major components here, and please stop me with any, any questions as I, as I go through it. So I'm just gonna make it a little smaller so we can see the, the text on the bottom. Um, so this is the uh, the tax revenue uh, forecast. So new property tax revenue is estimated to increase by about three point four million to ninety three point seven million. Uh, the levy limit is increasing by the two and a half percent or two point two eight million. Uh, new growth tax is estimated at 1,275,000 between real estate, new growth and personal property, new growth and those assessments uh, were vetted by um, Carolyn and Ed from the assessing and building departments. And as a uh, footnote here, um, to new members is not, uh, for uh, veteran members, not, not new information, but the allowable levy um, is being reduced uh, by the 0.32 health pilot or the Tufts-Harvard Pilgrim uh, health payment lieu of taxes pilot of $1.7 million, uh, which is now uh, being collected within local receipts, so we're not double taxing folks. Um, so that was a piece of property that was on the tax rolls prior to uh, its acquisition by 0.32 health. Um, now it's non-taxable because it's in the healthcare industry, uh, but they've agreed to uh, the equivalent of taxes, and now we have to reflect that um, in uh, in local receipts. And uh, the way Proposition Two and a Half works is when something like that happens, uh, the allowable levy limit does not reduce, so it basically gives us some extra levy capacity. Um, so that's the short and sweet on property tax revenue, and then a subcomponent of that uh is the um the amount for uh debt exclusions uh which is a million two hundred sixty five thousand and so that's captured on on this summary here so the debt exclusion tax is decreasing due to amortization of existing bond issues the library will be paid off this year uh, the high school next year and by fy 27 so a few years out excluded debt is scheduled to be about 1.2 million less than it was in FY18. Uh, and this will free up some capacity uh, for the contemplated um, Galvin Middle School. So it's still above and beyond tax, um, but at least we're dropping down on our excluded debt and uh, would be a little less painful uh, when, um, when that uh, comes to bear. And for those um, who recall that we voted Uh, Bolivar Pool excluded debt surplus proceeds for a couple of projects. Uh, Last two years, um, it was uh, approximately 300,000 for the Memorial Hall exterior renovation and I think it was $405,000 for the uh, Rink Enterprise uh, completing the work there. Um, So uh, by law, uh, because that was excluded debt and we took ex- a surplus proceeds from excluded debt to reappropriate a town meeting for these projects, uh, we have to uh, reduce the excluded debt tax. So there's a formula for that. Um, and so this line here, Bolivar excluded debt surplus redux um, is the impact and it's, it plays out for the remainder of the term of the bond. Uh, so for another um, 19 years, so 17,000 reduction last year, 14,600 uh, next year. So I just want to make sure the committee was aware that, you know, we said it was going to reduce uh, taxes, and it did. And here is the um, the governor's proposal uh, for the state aid budget in the far right-hand column. So um, it's, uh, uh, FY24 proposal is a 7.4% increase overall, uh, or half the percentage increase uh, of the prior year. Um, education aid is up and. 39,500 or 9.2%. Um, and the general government aid is up 87,000 or uh, 3.2%. So again, a, a somewhat of a discrepant um, increase between the, the, the uh, school state aid account and the general government um, state aid account. Um, but that is, the, that is the governor's proposal and it nets to us at 11,539,000 and change. Then we've got local receipts. um, And uh, the this budget estimate is to increase the budget, the budget line itself by 450,000. So going from 8.8 million this year, and that's what it was the prior year as well. um, That's what we put forward. So next year, I'm recommending that we put forward 9,250,000. The gross receipts, um, the total of, of everything here, which is uh, these are gr- the gross estimates um, are expected to increase by about 220,000 or 2.1%. So budget going up high, higher than that. Um, and that's a function of what we look to do is to um, not appropriate uh, all of our local receipts, uh, expected revenues, so that we have a recharge to free cash. So the um, estimate, the gross estimate, um, not, uh, not underestimated, but the gross estimate is 10,763,000. And by backing off uh, approximately a million and a half from that, it gets us down to 9,250,000 to put forward uh, in the, in the, um, towards the budget, which is a $450,000 uh, increase. And down on this bottom line here, you can see what the budgetary increases have been uh, year to year um, uh, to, from local receipts. So 200,000, 300,000, 600,000, 221,000. Um, we added 1.2 million as an increase in FY22. And then we sort of, uh, we grew into that uh, in FY23. That's why we kept it flat. But now it, it, uh, it's clear that um, that we're sustaining um, at, at these levels of um, above above 10 million. A couple of quick things I wanted to point out here to give you a sense that um, you know these are not uh, these gross estimates are not conservative; uh, they're truly what I believe uh, where we should land. So, for example, uh, the hotel and meals tax. So, um, you know, we've averaged five hundred eighty-six thousand over the prior five years. Uh, coming out of COVID, we in FY twenty-two uh, we had our, our highest year. 718,000. Based on the way the receipts are coming in so far this year, we've received a half year's worth of uh, payments from the state for these excise taxes. I believe we're on a trajectory to hit 900,000 this year. Um, So, despite the um, what's happening on the uh, restaurant landscape in the town, um, our meals tax revenues have never been stronger. So you can try to interpret that the way that you will, but it seems to me this seems to be a migration uh, from uh, some of the restaurants that, are, that, that have closed or are closing to the other restaurants or more people are taking advantage or more people are doing takeout. But anyways, this is a very healthy, very healthy growth here uh, for hotel and meals tax. Uh, so that's why I've, I've continued that, um, that trajectory into FY24. And one other line item that I'll highlight is um, interest income. So, as you all well know, uh, the Fed's been raising rates. Um, and so, uh, this office has been very aggressive um, at ensuring that we're getting um, maximum rates that we can. We have to stay diversified. We can't throw it all in one, one bank account. Uh, um, we have to, uh, uh, safety is the number one priority with the town's funds. But uh, we do, so we do diversify across banks, but um, we've been uh, emphasizing those banks that are paying us. Uh, you know higher rates. So uh, we've got uh, a few banks that are paying us uh, b- between uh, four and four point six percent. So I'm confident in uh, this year's uh, $500,000 estimate, and I'm also confident in next year's six, 600000 estimate. So there's you know so that's uh, well above what we've seen in the last couple of years. So I just want to give you a sense that these are um, these are not low-balled gross estimates. These are uh, my my best uh, best educated um, uh, assessments on what we're gonna see in local receipts. Um, transfers from other funds. Um, transfers to the general fund, recommended to increase by 919,000. 571,000 of that um, is uh, a new addition to this list and it's from the DIFF fund um, and it's dedicated to the Revere Site Debt Service. So as you know, we've been um, We've been uh, siphoning off uh, the increased uh, net revenues that are coming from the uh, the Revere um, condo complexes uh, there's a formula uh, that we reduce it slightly it's part, part of the the diff agreement and each year we're appropriating into this diff account ultimately to be able to pay the debt service uh, for the infrastructure work um, that was agreed to back in 2015 and in this year we'll complete making the payments to the developer about 5.97. Uh, million dollars, and so that was one of the uh, items that we bonded uh, back in uh, January, uh, and it was uh, 5.97 out of um, uh, about 11 11.9 million dollar uh, offering. So it was the largest share. So next year the debt service comes due. So we're uh, we're appropriating from the you know what I refer to as the sinking fund here, uh, where we've been depositing uh, these funds to ultimately pay off the debt. So the good news is that. We have this about $925,000, 930000 uh, today in the DIFF fund, and we will only tap that for about 571000 for debt service next year. And of course, um, the way that we amortize um, debt, uh, the, um, uh, the principal goes down annually, so this the debt service payment is going to go down as well. So there's the high water mark for the amount required. Um, and we'll uh, add another amount into the, the DIFF fund on the expense side of uh, things uh, that will continue the trajectory of being able to pay this debt service. But that's a big addition to the transfers. Um, also is $136,000 increase from the ambulance receipts uh, fund or receipts reserve fund. And that's intended to fund uh, new deputy police chief. So um, uh, the town administrator and the fire chief myself looked hard at ambulance receipts, which I'll show you on the next schedule. And uh, we believe <clears throat> that it's very sustainable uh, to uh, add in uh, another 136000 to the million that we put in over the last couple of years towards operating budgets. And we'll show you uh, how that plays out on the next schedule. Um, and and uh, it's agreed that that would be dedicated you know, funding um, you know, for, the, um, for the fire budget. We have a $120,000 increase in the school lunch fund, Uh, bringing it back up to prior commitment levels. As you know, during COVID, uh, there really was no revenue being uh, earned here in the school lunch fund for obvious reasons, Um, but that has changed uh, dramatically and the schools graciously have have, uh, agreed to uh, bring the the funding that we've seen here historically back to the historic levels. Um, And we have a $66,000 increase in solar revenues, uh, one of the silver linings of increasing uh, electricity rates is that we're getting getting paid more for our um, for our uh, net metering credits for our solar farm, so we can increase there. Uh, Forty two thousand increase from the enterprise fund overhead chargebacks, and then there were three lines line items that in total reduced by sixteen thousand. Green lodge parkings not being used as much, so that fund that balance is declining. So trying to put in an amount that uh, would extend the life of how much we can. Uh, how, how much longer we can use the Green Lodge uh, parking uh, parking fees? Twenty five thousand. And the ambulance debt service and bond premium amounts are, are amortizing, so those are going down slightly. That's transfers, and so this is a new schedule uh, that I'm introducing uh, into a um, uh, in, uh, full transparency on the revenue side. This is something that I created in my prior life because we also had a, a very robust ambulance receipts reserve. Um program. And so ambulance receipts reserved uh, appropriations must be available funds at the time of appropriation at town meeting. So it's not something like, oh, I had the balance at year end or I'm expecting a balance at year end. It has to be what you actually have uh, at, at time of appropriation. Uh, so the appropriation view at the top reflects the estimated amount of ambulance receipts available at the time of appropriation. The fiscal year review on the bottom reflects the unadjusted. Actual and projected performance of the fund in the fiscal year periods. Growth rate in ambulance receipts has been choppy over the nine years. However, it's a 7.1 percent compound average growth rate over those nine years. So, still pretty strong, but it you know can go down, uh, it can go up. Strong. Um, so, but uh, to be um, uh, to be able to rely on this revenue stream and confidently, um, I always project two and a half percent growth on average. Uh, in uh in the fund so if, if you look up towards the top of the sheet on the right hand uh section so you'll see that um, on the operating side of the budget uh we've we've put in a uh, million and 22 a 23 here's the million 136 um, that uh, we're uh, assuming to be uh, put in for 24 and we're looking to grow that. So that was something that was sort of choppy historically. Um, And so um, that's not something I'm used to with the Ambulance uh, Receipts Reserve Fund. um, It's a pretty reliable uh, revenue stream. And so if you can project out um, and anticipate, um, you can typically um, increase Uh, your uh, recurring revenue stream, which this is one of them rather than just keep it flat. So um, the expectation here is that we can increase this um, or the assumption here uh, 3% a year. And then also fund some uh, ambulance replacements. And then uh, when we can't, uh, we we fund them with uh, debt service through this fund as well. So as you can see, um, this amount, these amounts here, 576000 uh, moving over to seven hundred fifty-eight thousand out five years, um, that's the, the projected balances. Um, so, uh, I given that uh, this is a, a new increase to this area, I want to see how this plays out in FY twenty-three, and um, this is something that we can revisit um, in FY twenty-four. It's possible that um, other things could could be uh, funded. Other fire related items could be funded here. Other you know capital expenses be funded here given um, given the the, uh, the the healthy balances here um, fixed cost so that is the that's the the revenue components in detail um, again totaling back up to 118 million two hundred and seventy
5: thousand eight hundred twenty seven dollars questions comments you're on mute Sorry, can you scroll down to the bottom where you had that budget? Um, this page.
0: Uh different page, I think. Uh it was Tax, um,
2: State aid, local receipts, uh, that's transfers.
0: You we just went by it.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. They, local receipts.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: So, all right. So this is just local receipts. Uh, I think my overall question was going to be if. Never mind. I'm gonna hold it. I don't think it's quite formulated in my head. I'll move to others who might have questions. Okay, all right. It's a lot to digest at 9.15 at night. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna ask if you wanted
2: to defer, but I know the first is a pretty full agenda too. Hey, Randy. Yes.
7: Um, I was just gonna make a point, I guess maybe for the benefit of Maureen. I know this is her first time through, mm-hmm. but um, if you go back to your first page. Yeah. So I I um appreciate that we're not kind of venturing into expense land here. We're just talking revenues, but mm-hmm. I think just want to make the point that if we were to um you know, vote the, um, estimate of 2024 revenues. What that kind of does is set a, um, expectation for what the, you know, where, because the town can only, you know, um, spend the money that they have is that's going to set an expectation for what the, um, you know, municipal and school, you know, expense budgets will be. So just, just wanted, just wanted to make that point.
2: And no, it's an excellent point, Tim, um, especially for a new member. So, um, so this uh, in essence is the ceiling um, that, uh, that, you know, we as fiduciaries for the town say, based on, you know, evaluating all of the town's recurring revenue streams. um, You know, this is what we believe is reasonable so that we can, uh, maintain the fiscal stability uh, that we articulate here in our forecasting policy. Um, I didn't want to read it to you, but I, I did leave it on screen earlier so you could uh, consume it. And I know you've had this document as well, but in essence, it's to um, live below the town's means. It's not to spend uh, 100% of the dollars that we expect to come in. And the way that that's managed is by not Ah, uh, committing all of the local res- local receipts that we reasonably estimate, and uh, we recharge uh, free cash uh, in the process. And in, in this case here, we're assuming we'll recharge by about a million and a half. And so what that does is is that um, it, it uh, gives a cushion um, in lean years. Uh, if if it's uh, you know th- things turn uh, a little dire economically, it gives it gives a cushion that you can. Um, sort of uh, engineer a soft landing by maintaining services. Um, But then the other thing is, uh, the other result is is that it then allows for generation of uh, surplus reserves over our target reserve percentage of 15% of budgets. And um, there's no good reason to uh, hang on to um, all of that excess reserve. Uh, the, The best thing to do, in my opinion, is to um, use those funds prudently on one time, uh, high priority items for the town, which is what the town has been able to do uh, for the last couple of years. So when you see these, oh, we're at 20%, you know, reserve percentage is really high. Our target is 15. So what you'll see when we discuss Uh, utilization of reserves in the the, uh, warrant articles, I'll I'll, uh, share that um, at the next meeting, you'll see see the the one-time items that those are being suggested to, to, to go to, which is consistent with what they've gone
1: to
5: in the past. So um, I think what we're looking for this evening is for us to take a vote
0: um, on this the new number here based on um, the updated information from the governor's state aid and budget. Yes. Okay, so can you take us to the right number that you want us to vote here? Yep, okay, that's exactly what I thought, I just wanted to make sure.
7: Cindy, no, I can make a motion if you want. Um, move that the committee vote to approve um, the um, target revenue number of 118,270,827 for fiscal year 24 revenue.
9: Second.
5: Any further discussion or questions? And uh, Randy, would you call the roll call?
1: Yes, Madam Chair. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio.
5: Aye.
2: And Cindy. Aye unanimous madam chair seven zero zero
0: um given the time of night i would like to suggest that we bump our meeting minute approvals and just updates on the um subcommittee um on compensation to, ne- to next week's meeting if there's not any concern on that not hearing any john randy's saying yes please <laughs> so um, <laughs> And if that's the case, then I would entertain a motion to adjourn.
9: Motion to adjourn. Second.
0: Second. Call the roll call for us, Randy.
2: Yes, Madam Chair. I'm going to mix it up this time. Emilio. Aye. Darren. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Dan. Aye.
1: Jim. Aye. Cindy. Aye. And
5: Dave. Aye. We are officially adjourned, Madam Chair. Thank you very much.